0: I glad to be serving him in a day and hour like
1: this. You can say, "I know in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded he's able to keep that which I've committed to him against
0: that day. What a wonderful Lord that we serve today. we love our Lord Jesus with all our heart. Amen, certainly thankful to God for being with us, watching over us, keeping us. His hand of grace has been upon our lives, and each step we take, we know he'll guide us. We know he'll be right there with us. The other day on March the 31st, one of ours, Brother Ross Oglesby, stepped over into the other dimension. There were those that were waiting on him as he went home to be with the Lord, and they come down to the river, no doubt, to, to greet him and to welcome him. He hadn't got through shaking hands yet and hugging necks and rejoicing as he looks around at the wonders. Others come around to show him the wonders of the beauties that are there, strolling all over heaven with him, showing him the different sights, we never know when our last moment will come but I'm thankful for this a man that I have known for probably 40, 50 years struggled a long life's way and had his stumbles could never really get a grip that Jesus loved him he could believe in God he could believe that that the message that God had sent was true and was real to to him but he just couldn't get it to accept it for himself back in about 1998 somewhere along that time at a little birthday celebration for his would be his daughter-in-law my daughter Lydia he would sit down on the couch there and We'd visit for a while, and I'd say to him, Brother Ross, you know, there is hope for you. You haven't crossed the line. God's a God rich in mercy, and he'll able to turn your life around. And this, this is not just for someone else. This is for you. And it was there that he looked at me kind of in a shock surprise and said, Really? Is that right? I said, yes, it's true. It's for you too. And that day God began to do a work in his life and turned him around. And over the events of time, just, um, just some years later, I was preaching a sermon called When He Came to Himself. And there to the altar came a big, huge man Ross Oglesby and knelt at the altar and gave his life to the Lord. And that day he came to himself. In the last few days and months that he's had, where he knew he was going to not be able to stay here a long time, his time was up on Earth. God did great things, bringing reconciliation and restoration in his family miraculous taking place God preparing and making the way for reservations on the other side and for a great day where we'll all be restored and, and restor- restoration will be complete where we'll all be in new bodies today we don't, we don't sorrow as those who have no hope. We have hope in the Lord. And, uh, you know, he would be able to look at his, at his son Aaron before he left and say, Son, if you quit, if Alan quits, if Amanda quits, if the whole family quits serving God, I'm going to go on with God. You know, that, that's the thing. It becomes very personal to you. It's not about what others think about Jesus. It's what do you do with this Jesus called Christ. And there, Brother Ross took him and put him in his heart. He was no longer on his hands. Pilate had him on his hands and couldn't wash the blood of Jesus off. But Ross had Jesus on his hands and he accepted him into his heart. And we want to thank God for his life and his testimony and what he's meant to us and to this church, his friendship, his love to his family, his love to his children, his wife, and all that God, is all his friends. He loves you very deeply. And we love him. And he's not dead. He's just crossed the veil of tears and sorrow into the... Land of joys. So we want to just ask the Lord's blessings upon the family. They're going to be perhaps having a a, a memorial service at a later date. Brother Aaron Oglesby, right now, as I am speaking, is probably winding up his service there in in, um, Johnson City, Tennessee, at Brother Donnie Reagan's. He just preached two wonderful meetings there for the young people, and God moved. Tremendous. Brother Ron Spencer listened to it and he said, Man, it may not made me want to get saved myself. <laughs> That's the way it is, you know, when you hear the word of God, it just moves down on the inside of you. Says, I want more of you, Lord. And today, as Brother Aaron would minister, his dad made him promise, You go on. Don't you stay here. You go and minister to those young people and So there, as I told him, he's over there with that cloud of witnesses looking on as we continue the battle here upon the earth. So let's talk to the Lord today and ask God's blessings now upon their family. Footprints. On the sands of time Lord, we look and see the path Even you said that Some take a long time Even a predestinated seed Sometimes take a long time before they recognize their son But at some point you get it through to them. You were called, you were chosen, you were ordained for this moment in time and place. Lord, we want to thank you for Brother Ross, his testimony, his love for you. We want to thank you for the Oglesby family and the extended camp family. Lord, I pray that you would bless each one in their own way. Sister Linda, the children, Brother Alan, Brother Aaron, Sister Amanda, all of their daughter-in-laws and son-in-law, grandchildren. Bless them in a special way today. Lord, a little teardrop of sorrow comes down into our hearts and sometimes rolls down our cheeks when we think about those who go on before us. One day, the last one will go only to be called back in just moments of time in the great resurrection ahead we believe it's that close we believe Lord that we're right here on the cusp of the the very coming of the Lord where we will be gathered to meet you in the air but first we'll gather with those who went on what a day of rejoicing that will be I pray, Lord, that you would bless us today as we just cinch the armor up a little tighter and another steps in line. Maybe it'd be one of his grandchildren that a just step up there and say, here, I want to take my place in the ranks. I want to move forward as a son of God and, and step where my grandfather stood, believing in the Lord with all his heart and carrying the sword of the word forward pray you'll bless the family. Bless Brother Aaron as he ministers today. and Restores strength to his body. Satan attacks us in every kind of way. But you're the Lord God that healeth all diseases. And our hope and our trust is in you today. I pray that you'll bless the word as we read it together today. Bless those that are assembled with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Let's sing a little part of that song. Um, What a day that will be. We're looking for that day. There is coming
1: a day when no hard days shall come, no more clouds in the sky, and no more tears to dim the eye, and all is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore, oh, what a day, a glorious day that will be. Oh, what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face the one who saved me by his grace when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land oh, what a day a glorious day that will be we'll sing it again now what a day oh what a day a glorious day that will be there be no sorrow there there'll be no sorrow there and no Lord
0: amen we look forward to that glorious day don't we amen thank you brothers amen God bless you all it's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning to praise him to worship him to give him glory and honor that is due his great name amen remember Easter services are coming up and so Wednesday we will be going down to Dry Creek Louisiana not supposed to be dry this weekend I hear there are natural showers, and I know there's showers of blessings coming, so come and look for the rain, amen, the former and the latter rain being poured out together, amen, so we look to the Lord for spiritual rain, but pray that the natural rain can hold off for the camp, and be really nice for that, pray that way. I'm sure Wednesday night you were blessed by Brother Carmen Meals who ministered for us on Wednesday night. He comes from New Brunswick, Canada. Um, he, um, I, I've known them through the years. You know, I, as, as I know, sometimes you can't go with me everywhere that I go and, and uh, see everywhere that I am. But, um, you know, I've ministered for them since the, the early 90s uh, through some of their conventions through the years up there in New Brunswick. Brother Ivan Carr is now 93 years old. He continues to minister twice a week. He's my mentor. It's a sign to us to never give up. And if that ain't good enough, God gave us Ron Spencer to kick ourselves in the rear every weekend. After you hear him preach, well, you can't sit around and feel sorry for yourself anymore. So I was just with him and Brother Kelly Hildebrandt up there in Charlottesville area. That's where I flew in and, and um, was with Brother Ron and them. We had a great time together, some times of fellowship. And thank you for letting me be gone and away. But like I said, Brother Carmen came and he ministered on when God remembers. What a wonderful message. And it certainly stirred our hearts. This morning as I, you know, you just can't make all this stuff up, you know, that, that, that comes and we just saw the hand of God so much discern the thoughts and the intents of the heart and certainly um, ministered to us. And um, so, you know, back uh, when I come home today and I turned on my computer and uh, came up with my my sermon notes that I have are there. And I just was open up the one that I had prepared for today and was just looking at it and, and just pushed a button. And as I did, it, it just made it where I could see more than just that one, but another one that was there. And it opened up to uh, one that had been on my desktop for now since December. On December the 18th, 2022, The people of of the book, part 175, I preached the sermon, God Remembers. And so, you know, um, again, it's just a confirmation that God remembers. Amen. And it's not that God forgets, but it's the time when God is going to bring his promises to pass. And I don't know if you remember or not, but I just printed out just a couple of notes from there. This morning there, that in the Old Testament, you know, it always, when God remembers, it's a call for action. It includes an action. It's when God starts, he remembers, something starts happening. And so, you know, he remembered Noah, made the water recede. He remembered Rachel and opened her womb. And years later, heard the Hebrews cry for rescue. God remembered his covenant with the their ancestors and rescued them. And and, uh, so we're living in a time of fulfillment. And it's never a time that God forgets his promises or his people because he's Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the creator of the universe, and he doesn't suffer from memory lapses. And just in case you forgot what I preached, that's what I preached. (laughs) Amen. But we're not going to preach that this morning. We're going to go to Genesis 18 and verse 10, and we're going to read that. And let you be seated. Then we'll read a scripture from the next to the last book of the Bible, Jude. Genesis 18 verse 10. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. You can be seated. And here is where faith is restored to Sarah. Sarah that brings about the winds of change that would restore her body and her place, give her her place in the covenant. Now turn with me to Jude chapter 1, which there's only one chapter, but verse 3, and we'll read from there a couple of verses, and it's from here I'm going to take my text this morning. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. For there are certain men, crept in unawares, who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness. lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. So today I'm going to speak to you on contending for the faith. Now, you know, again, contend means to struggle for. It means to fight for, to war, to battle for that faith that was once delivered to the saints. And the the way that it's worded here, once delivered, uh, seems to indicate that they were already losing that faith, but they were to fight for it. And, and of course, you know it's a day and hour where that we must fight to possess every promise of God, and it is a battle. And every denomination in its own way is a part of this battle. They're all claiming to contend for the faith. In Jude, it's the only place that we read where that in the Bible to, we're taught to contend. He said, I now earnestly contend for the faith that was once to to the saints. Well, we know the Baptists think they're contending for, their, for the faith, and, and they did. They fought and they died they were terribly persecuted for insisting on adult baptism instead of infant baptism. Many were burned at the stake and put to the sword because they were re, they rebaptized those that had been baptized as babies, and this time instead of sprinkling, they baptized them um, by immersion. And so they stood for their faith, and as I said, just for that amount of truth they they contended for it and i you know you can look and you can see that they built a fort there we call that a denomination and they built a fort there on that deal and became named their fort became named baptist uh, because that they believed in um, baptism by immersion and, and as adults and not babies because the catholic church had always taught it differently that you're born into the Catholic church. This is how you're born into the church. You don't have a new birth, just being born into the church makes you that, and then you are, you are born into it by the, by the um, sprinkling of the holy water by the priest. And of course, you know, we, we have the, the Pentecostals, which is one of the last day moves that they also believe that they're contending for the faith. And they did. They fought for an experience of the Holy Ghost and believed in speaking in tongues and gifts of the Spirit. These people fought for this and it was not without a cost. But they, they were shot at. Women, you know, there's, there's actually testimonies of women who, and, and men as they rejoiced in the spirit. And, and, um, and they were shot at through the windows and, and the bullets would hit their dresses and fall to the floor. And uh, their churches were burned and many of them were beat, actually uh, sometimes tarred and feathered. Oh, yeah, that happened here in this 19th century and the 1900s as they were beat for their stand for the truth of the gospel. They contended for that faith. There was a lot of sacrifices made by men and women alike. And, of course, before them, the Nazarenes, which was a part of the um, holiness movement by John Wesley... They believe that they are contending for the faith. But like the Pentecostals, the Pentecostals have built themselves a fort and they call that Pentecost. And, and that, uh, they, they're stationed there upon that truth of restoration of gifts of the spirit and speaking in tongues and the baptism of the Holy Ghost as they call it. And then, and then, of course, the Nazarenes did the same. They built them a fort on holiness. Of course, you know, their walls are falling down and a lot of worldliness has come in and they're not nothing like they were, but they were part of the Methodist move insisting on holiness as John Wesley preached it. And they too were persecuted and kicked out of their churches and and they and and even John Wesley was kicked out of his church and and uh, preached on the street corners and he would many times sing and and until a group of people a crowd would gather around and then he would begin to preach and what he preached actually of holiness and a holy life and you know something more than than the than just um, church and, but you know, something that would change you and the priest and the laity many times were offended by his sermons. And they, and they would hire thugs and rabble rousers to disturb him and many of them priests felt that Wesley was preaching without being authorized to do so by the church and meddling with the people in their town so he would be run out of town many times as he contended for the faith. And during those 19 years of sermons, John was pelted with rotten tomatoes and manure and stones, but he refused to give up. And for those 19 years, this was his weekly, even his daily experience. He was dragged before magistrates, he was beaten with fists, he was pummeled with rocks, and, and homes where he stayed was set afire. But, you know, so he contended for the faith and and the, and the people that followed him built camps. They built denominations, forts there, fortifying that position of um, the Methodists and the Nazarenes and the Pilgrim Holiness and so on. You know, and, and but sadly, though there, there may be some that still stand like the Baptists stand for immersion And though the Pentecostals still stand for the gifts and others defend certain portions of truth, yet they have progressed no further in standing for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. But if we wanna see what it means to, to, um, uh, to, to stand for the faith that was once delivered to the saints, we need to go back and look at Jesus. Amen. Now, what Jesus was yesterday, we know he would be the same today. Or the scripture is wrong. If we can see what he was here in his body of flesh upon the earth, in his corporal body, we should be able to see what he would be in his body, the church today, if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, you see, we can look back and see what he was and then you can see then what he would be in his body, the church. We of course would see his body then fulfilling Mark sixteen. And the Great Commission. We would see ourselves fulfilling John 14, 12. The works that I do, shall you do also? And Mark eleven twenty-two if you say to this mountain, Be that removed and cast into the sea, it shall be even as you said. So what kind of faith are we contending for? I want to say today, we are a people that are contending for the greatest faith that has ever been, where that the early church was upon the cusp of it as doctrines was revealed and, and miracles would happen in their ministry, yet Paul would say, you know, but, but those who are asleep, you know, don't sorrow as those who have no hope, but I tell you this, the Lord will come and he, he shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and we shall all be changed in a moment and a twinkling of an eye. So what kind of faith are we contending for? We are, we are contending for body changing faith. If I could say it, third pull faith. And that came by the opening of the word. Remember that the third pull or the third phase of Brother Brandon's ministry was based on Mark eleven twenty two. And that and that word that was revealed and restored is a dynamic power to make mountains move, to cause impossibilities to become possibilities. Remember this, this is what you are contending for, for your impossibilities to become possibilities. Amen. This faith was demonstrated uh, in, in the days of Jesus by a Roman centurion. And this is a faith that the Gentile bride must come to. The Jews never came to this kind of faith. as as Jesus would say of the Roman centurion, I haven't seen this faith, this kind of faith, in all of Israel, but I found it in a Gentile. Amen, and that Roman centurion said, Lord, I'm not even worthy for you to come under my roof, and you don't even have to come to my house. Just speak the word, and my servant will live. And a centurion, we, that was a man of authority over about a hundred of Rome's best soldiers. And he could stand there and say, I'm a man of authority. I say to this man, go, and he goes there. I say, you go and fight here, and you go fight, and you go there. And they do it. They have to obey me. And he knew that he was, Jesus was the son of God, and that every sickness and every demon was underneath him. And all he had to do was speak the word, not even pray. He would just speak the word, that's all, and it would be done because every demon would have to bow to him and obey him. Do you believe that this morning? Every demon will obey God, it has to. Everything obeys God, and it'll obey you if you have faith. Jesus never limited to himself. He said, if you say to this mountain, Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. You don't realize sometimes the power that lays within your words. Joshua stopped the sun. Is that true? Amen. A lot of of us say all things are possible with God, but you know, there's nothing impossible with him, but all things are possible to you also. Nothing's impossible to them that believe. All things are possible. God made it right and brought it right down. Just if you just know who God was and then know who you are as the son of God. And Brother Brandon would say this. He said, I'm afraid the church doesn't know their authority. I'm afraid the Holy Ghost born man doesn't realize the authority God has permitted the church. I give to you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth, I'll bind in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed on, uh, loosed on earth, I'll loose it in heaven. I give you power over serp- serpents and every kind of disease, and nothing shall harm you. Exercise your faith. Let it loose. Let God have His way. God will grant it to you. Don't we realize when Jesus said this, speak to this mountain? whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. That in doing that and giving us that word, he actually gave you a blank check with authority to fill it out. He never limited it to anything, did he? He gave you a blank check. Whatever you need, come on. We don't have to wait for youth camp, but if you're waiting for it, go ahead and write it out. Amen. Go ahead and tell God your expectations. Go ahead and write out your claim. Amen. Because God is here to answer every desire, every need, and you will not go away empty. Amen. Every one of you that has received the Holy Ghost, you have been placed in the family of God as a son of God and with the full authority to use his name. Think about that. The full authority to use his name. Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe. In other words, this will be the identification of those that are sent sending me. In my name, they shall cast out devils. And whatsoever you ask in my name, that will do. John 14, 3. And he repeats the same in verse 14. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. You have the authority, he says, to use my name. Whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Amen, that is a blank check for every one of you today. And I'll tell you what, if I were you, I would write it out. Some of you need to actually just open the fly leaf of your Bible and write out a promise. Write out a check. Say, I write out a check. I want my husband saved. I want my wife saved. I want my children saved. I want healing for my body. I want deliverance in the church. Amen, I want harmony in my family. Whatever it is, you write out the check. Jesus told you to do so. The scripture speaks of the adoptions of sons who, when they're adopted, they're given positions of authority. The usual mean of a, the word adoption means to adopt a child that's born to someone else. But the Roman adoption was when a, when a man's own son became full of age and was placed with power and authority over the Father's domain. And this happens to us when we receive the Holy Ghost. But I want you to know that it's also an adoption hour for the church. Individually, you have been adopted, but the church also is going to be adopted. And this this adoption age for the church to come into their full inheritance with power and dominion this fulfills the scripture of Romans eight nineteen, where the whole world groans anticipating the manifestations of the sons of God, where God called men and women will be known as sons and placed in position where, with power and authority. Amen. Brother Bradham told us in You him, he said, that's where God is trying to get his church now. Just say to this mountain, Be moved and it will move. Authority, sons of God. The whole creation is groaning. Waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. Waiting to a spot where sickness will be arise. And it will be that way. The blind will receive their sight. The deaf and dumb, we pray for them now, but then you'll command it. Didn't say these signs shall follow them that believe, they'll pray for the sick. He said he said they shall cast out devil, not I will, they will. Amen. So I want you to understand what he said. It said, You will do this, not me, you're gonna do this. Not Jesus, you're gonna do this. Amen. You, these signs should follow them to believe if you say to this mountain not I say but if you say to this mountain be moved and don't doubt in your heart what we need is adoption amen we're, we are made for dominion realize this you have been made for dominion you were created by God and by your new birth you certainly have been made for dominion you see, sin is not to rule over you. Sickness is not to rule over you. Trouble is not to rule over you. You are to rule over your trouble. You are to walk on your waters. Amen. Remember this. God made you for dominion. He did not make you to be a slave to sin, a slave to sickness, a slave to trouble. God made you to be of dominion in the beginning in genesis 2 god gave them dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and and through sin then what happened man lost his dominion he lost his godship he lost his sonship and satan took over but where are we at now we're at the end we're not back over here at the beginning of the story we are here in the manifestations of the sons of God as prophesied in Romans 8 where, and we are waiting for that manifestation where sons of God come back and take it over again. You look at the world you're living in today. Sin has it. Evil has it. But it won't always be that way. Amen, we're coming back. Revelation 19 says after we go away, we're coming back. We'll ride with him on the white horses following the word of God and we'll come back and take the world over, defeat the antichrist, throw him in prison for a a thousand years and we'll have a millennial reign where the devil won't have power over anything. if the rapture takes place today, we're only three and a half years away from the millennium. That's how close you are. The millennium's not way out, chunk, The millennium's right here. We're just going to go away for a short time, but we're coming back. I'm telling the devil, we're not leaving out of here defeated. I'm telling the devil, even though we're escaping the things that are coming on the earth, let me tell you, that escape is not escaping from the devil. It's escaping from the wrath of God that is going to be poured out through the seven vials on the earth in the tribulation. We are to be taken away so God can judge the earth. And burn it with fire. And bring us back to our walk on the ashes of the wicked. I'm quoting Bible. It is your Malachi 4 scripture that says the people in this end time will do that. Hallelujah. hallelujah. Those that have received Malachi 4 and the Elijah prophet that is promised and their hearts have been turned back to the faith of the Father, they will come back when the act the world burns like an oven and walk on the ashes. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't you know you'll walk on the ashes of every tavern? Of every brothel, of every evil thing. Amen. God has already given you power to walk over it. Amen. Amen. He's already given you the power to be an overcomer. But now, we are people who he said will come back when the power of God will walk out and take every power that Satan has away from him. Ever power wow Ever power somebody look at the other say ever power amen he said waiting for the fullness of time when the pyramid gets at the top now what he's talking about the gospel starting down low and coming up like a pyramid coming narrow and narrow till it's capped off with christ coming back Not a pyramid itself, not a pyramid doctrine, just using it for an example. You know, like a pyramid coming up and it comes up to an apex and it'll come up to the apex. Right here at the top, before the capstone comes, there will be a people who have the same ministry that Christ had before he left because there has to be a match piece to the coming Christ. It'll be God in bride form, working in his people, living in his people. And they will full sons will be manifested when the power of God will walk out, hallelujah, and take every power Satan's got away from him. Now, we are contending against the spirit. Never think this is a flesh and blood affair. Oh, brother Tim, you know, sounds like you're against the Baptists. We're not against Baptists. Oh, it sounds like you're against these Pentecostals. We're not against the Pentecostals. Sound sounds like sometimes you're against some of these message churches. We're not against anybody. Flesh and blood is not in the equation. We are battling against the spirit. Are you with me? We're not battling against men, but against the spirit. Spiritual wickedness as as evil as a wickedness out on the streets of America. Spiritual wickedness, oh, yet they're fundamentalist. Having a basic principle of truth, but denying the power of the gospel. Listen, you know, there were as Brother Branham said, there it was back in the beginning. There was a middle age, and it was the same group of fundamental believers that put Jesus on the cross and killed him because he had signs and wonders and they didn't believe it. And that same spirit lives among the churches today, a religious spirit, not a bunch of infidels, fundamental, place it right there. And they're exactly right. But they have a form of godliness, fundamentally right, but denying the power thereof. The power of what? The power of healing. The power of shouting. The power of speaking in tongues. The power of interpreting. The power of the church moving just like it did at the beginning. And brothers and sisters, we are contending for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Amen. We're, we're contending not against man. It's a spirit that we are contending against. A spiritual war. Oh, but he allowed people to be fundamentally right, but denied the power. The power, he said, of what? The power of healing, the power of shouting, the power of speaking in tongues, the power of interpreting, the power of the church moving just like it did at the beginning. You know, again, we turn churches into, into um, treatment centers where we will treat the disease of sin you know, well, you know, you'll take these nine steps and we'll dry you out and we'll fix your drug habit and, you know, we'll do this and you do that and we'll, you know, try to conform you and teach you now how, how to overcome in this way and use psychology and methods, you know, to change the mind, and, you know, to associate that with hurt and with pain. Look what you've done. Look what it does to your family. Look what it does to you. Look what it does to your children but none of that will hold you in the hour of temptation. But there is a power, there is a blood, hallelujah, that once it comes and touches a heart and changes a life, you don't no more have to worry about them anymore. Amen, because it's a power that seals them to the day of redemption where the devil is sealed out and you're sealed in with God. We're contending for that faith. Now, people say a lot of times, that's against my faith. Well, there's only one faith. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. You might have a faith, but we want the faith. And we want to earnestly contend for it. That means to argue for it. To stand up for it, to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Why were they called saints? Because when they were sanctified, the Holy Spirit cleansed them. They were called saints. Now, Jude would be the foster brother of Jesus, and he would say just before, the, you know, it'd be one of the last things that are said before the book of the unveiling. And Jude is saying, you know, let us, let us earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Don't ever let that faith drop. And the faith of the, of, of the saints was not in creeds. It was not in denomination. It was not in church buildings. It was not in associations. Amen. It was in the presence of the living God. Oh, yeah, associations are good. We, we meet together with good people. That's wonderful. But that's not where our faith lies. When we're out of the presence of good people, are you with me? The presence of the living God still goes with us. Somebody told me one time, Brother Tim, I could live this gospel if you just go with me everywhere that I go. If you would go with me to work, if you would go with me to, to, to school, you go with me wherever I go. I could live it. I said, you don't need me. You need the Holy Ghost. Amen. I can't go with you everywhere, but he can. He'll go with you shopping. He'll help you pick out your clothes. Amen. He'll go with you everywhere that you are. Come on. He will be there right with you when you're looking at a movie. And he's telling you, ah, that's wrong. Don't feed on that kind of stuff. You see, the Holy Ghost, one of its works is convincing you of sin. And it can't deny its word. Well, I, you know, I don't think, Brother Tim, it makes any difference about a woman's hair, whether it's cut or whether it's long. I don't, I don't think it's any difference about a man, whether his hair is cut or whether it's long. Well, the Bible does. And when you get the Holy Ghost, you forget your own thoughts. Because you receive a new thinking. So no longer do you say, I think. Because I is out of the picture. You see, when it comes in and your, your life begins, it's S-I-N. And I, 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 I is the most important thing in your life. What I want and what I want to do and how I want to live and what I think but when God comes in your life, he crosses that out and puts a zero there an O there and makes you a son. Amen. Hallelujah. And as a son, you no longer care about what I think. You care about what Father thinks. Amen. Amen. what God's word said, and you exalt his word over your own thinking. Now, the Christian world today are not earnestly contend. We're told not just to contend, but earnestly. Well, my faith don't teach miracles. It teaches past. You know, because we don't need it today. We have the word. No, you don't have the word. You have the letter of the word with no life. So then you're not contending for the faith that was once delivered for this to the saints. So, you know, of course we don't believe in fanaticism, but there's a real genuine gift to the Holy Ghost. Amen. We earnestly contend for that. We believe in it. saints speaking tongues. Well, some say, well, I, you know, my faith don't believe in divine healing. A lot of message people are that way today. That's just a minor. We don't even need it today. You just ain't been sick enough. Amen, I don't believe in divine healing. Well, we don't believe in a bunch of fanaticism either. Amen, but we do believe there's a God who heals the sick. Amen, that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we have been told to condemn for the faith, not a faith. Baptists have a faith. Presbyterians have a faith. The Pentecostals have a faith. But we want to contend for the faith. That was once delivered. And without signs following, vindicating the truth, you don't have the faith. You might have a knowledge of the revelation, but you don't have the faith to make it work. Now, and I wanted to say, we have the faith. The truth of the word has been restored. We have today by divine inspiration The faith that was once delivered to the saints. But I want you to know, though, as as we declare the word has been revealed, but when the word is revealed, it expresses itself. So, what has happened is that we have swapped the faith for the intellectual conception. Those conceptions of men, and that turns it into a powerless gospel. Now, Brother Bradham told us when Christ is a mystery of God revealed, he said, when the word is revealed, it expresses itself. That was God's purpose for Jesus Christ was to express himself, to take his own laws and live by his laws and fulfill his laws by death. And Christ, God died in the flesh in order to condemn sin in the flesh that he might bring himself a glorious bride redeemed back that will believe only in the word of God, that will not swap it like Eve did for intellectual conceptions of men. You see it, that's Christ's idea, that's God's idea. The new birth reveals it. And if a man says he is born again and tries to take these promises of Christ in this last day to some other age, making him Christ yesterday, but not today, then that man or that person has been in a delusion by Satan. And if that man says he believes that and it don't manifest itself through him, Jesus said in Mark 16, these signs shall follow them that believe into all the world to every age, casting out devils, speaking with tongues, all these great manifestations of gifts that would follow that they shall not that they may be, or they ought to, but they will, and heavens and earth will pass away, but his word won't. So you can see, Brother Branham is very clear in Christ, the mystery of God revealed that the word has to be expressed to be the word. So when we, you know that word is really the true word when signs follow it. So in the church that believes the word, there must be miracles. There must be healing. There must be deliverance. There must be gifts of the spirit, all of them. Every promise of God. Amen, there must be ministry, anointed ministry. There not only must be anointed ministry, but there must be an anointed church. The church anointed with the same spirit that's upon the ministry. The power isn't all to be in the pulpit. The power is to be in the pew. Amen. Amen. Believers. Amen. Well, the signs follow them that believe. Amen. Remember the faith that was once delivered to this age. God had to bring a prophet in this day to bring us back and restore us back. Malachi 4 said that he would turn the hearts of the children back to the faith of the fathers. So, therefore, the original faith of the fathers, the Pentecostal fathers, is what has been promised. It's the same doctrine, word by word, power by power, spirit, the same things, just exactly like it was in the beginning, through signs and wonders of the living presence of Christ. And that's what your prophet taught. Amen. My prophet, too. Now, let me just say this. And this is where we want to center. God wants to create a faith for a rapturing church. So he says, if we could just realize the Holy Ghost is upon us, creating in us a faith, trying to present himself in so many ways and gifts to create a faith for a rapturing church. It should put us in action. I wonder if we're doing it the way he wanted it to be with reverence and humility. The pillar of fire in this last day ought to put the whole church into action. It being vindicated signs of his coming. He spoke of it as being rapture and grace. And he said, I'm not trying to condemn you. He said, and what you have, but I'm trying to give you more rapture and grace. And that's the way it is even when we're talking about these camps, these forts that are fortified around baptism or gifts or or holiness or whatever. And they built their little walls. We're not trying to condemn them. We're trying to say, there's more. Amen. There's a grace that is being given for a rapture. Amen, Uh, that we'll have in this hour to come, we'll have a rapture power not only to heal the body but change it in a moment in a twinkling of an eye that Christ will be so real in their bodies till he can change it by his death of what he purchased. Christ so real in you that he can change your body. Now, it ought to be a cry from my hearts to see God fulfill his word. It ought to cause a longing down on the inside. of You know, a, a come to me, Jesus. Don't leave me alone. Keep knocking on my door. Amen, keep dealing with my heart. Don't let me go, Lord. Whatever you do, it ought to be a cry in our hearts for God to fulfill his word. Brother Brandon said the churches got so backslid. He said they eat food like a buzzard does, carrying of an age past. The Holy Spirit has no more right away in the church, some no more, no more prayer, prayer meetings, no more agonizing with God to fulfill his word, no more believing that the word is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. You say, Wow, well, Brother Tim. Yeah, we, we're contending for the faith. I'm asking you, are you agonizing for it? Agonizing. When we're living in this hour, when we're seeing the evil in the land and the troubles that are ahead, brother, sister, don't you realize there, there needs to be somebody agonizing. The Bible said, I'm gonna put a seal on those, a mark on those who sigh and cry for the abominations that's done in the city. Amen, it's more than just making you sick. It's more than just giving you something to talk about, about how evil the world is getting. Amen, but it's a people that begin to agonize with God. Fulfill your word, God. Whatever you do, don't let us keep on going down into Sodom. Don't let us keep going toward the burning. Lord, rapture a church. Get the people out of here. It's a late hour and I don't want to be left behind. Whatever you have to do, shake me down. Turn me upside down. Shake me. But whatever, don't turn me loose. Keep a hold of me God and I'm like Jacob the heel grabber. I'm getting a hold of that promise and I'm not letting go until I'm blessed. That's the way you ought to look for rapture and faith. Lord I want that faith. Surely we're on the very cusp of the rapture. The very hour of the change. Brother Branham said this we've lived the time out. And the time of the rapture is at hand. And we're looking for a rapture in faith that will pull can pull the church together and give it some supernatural strength that can change these bodies that we're living in. I want you to understand he had an expectation an expectation. We are, we're looking for rapture and faith that can pull the church together and give it some supernatural strength that can change his body. When we see God can raise the dead off the floor out in the yard and bring him back to life again, present him here before. When we see a God who can take a cancer that's eating a man to a shadow, raise him up to a strong, healthy man, that ought to give rapture and faith to the people. Amen. That ought to give rapture and faith. When we can see God working among us. Amen. So if God isn't working among us, how in the world are you going to ever have rapture and faith? You say, Brother Jim, but I, I got rapture and faith. No, you got doctrine. You have a theology. But we need a supernatural strength to change these mortal bodies. And we should be going from glory to glory as we look into the book. The Bible said we look into the Bible, the book, as a mirror. And we're not what's in the mirror, but we are changed from glory to glory till we fit what's in the mirror. Look in the Bible, it speaks of you. This is what God wants you to be. And you're looking there and you allow God to change you. You need to look at the message, the Word of God. It's a it's our change until you become what God said. Yeah. Hear this. And here's Sarah now. She's an old woman. She's ninety. She don't look nothing like the promise. God holds the promise before her like this, and says, "Right here, you're a mother. You're in the covenant. You are in the promise." And she says, I don't look like that. Uh-huh. And how can be? The, how can this happen? And he says, is there anything too hard for the Lord? You look at your own self and you see seeing failures. I don't fit this. I'm not like this, I'm not that spotless bride. I'm not that people I ought to be. I, I'm lacking here, I'm lacking there. You're looking there, but keep gazing. Yeah. Don't take your eyes off of it. Keep looking at it. Because as you gaze on this word, you are changed from glory to glory until you match his glory. You're the people of the book. Look in the book. You can't do that intellectually. You've got to get in the spirit. It should be the cry of our hearts. Brother Branham, even even after the seals were opened, still told us and preached to us in 64. He said they never found a better way. He went through that whole thing. We ain't never found a better way for a baby to get what it wants than to cry for it. You can give him a bell and say, Junior, you're three days old, you know, but here, just ring this bell when you want something. You see, the baby the baby cries for what it wants. The bell ain't gonna work. Come on now, we're doing every kind of thing and, and denominations have done it, you know, to doing it and we're learning and we're taking from them. Brother Bradham said, don't try to have a church like them. Don't try to have a pastor like them. Amen. And so they come up with this sophisticated way of just believe the message and say, God sent a prophet. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God and you're saved. Amen. Well, that's just like Junior trying to ring the bell. That ain't gonna work. The only way it'll work is for you to cry for it. Amen. That was God's provided way. And Brother Brandon said, God recommends this for his children, for his believing children. Not intellectual speeches. Not some great theology to teach. He wants you to cry for your needs. If you're ready to limber yourself up a little and cry, God will give it to you. He likes to hear his children cry. Amen. Cry for your needs to God. You know, there's something about a baby crying. That moves a mother's heart, or a parent's heart. Amen. Amen. And you take a newborn baby, start crying. That mother, if she's breastfeeding, brother, the milk will start flowing. Amen. I, you know, I I, w- I was there up in, in the other day in, in Pennsylvania, and out at the side of the restaurant, they had a bunch of goats in a field, and I used to raise goats. But nevertheless, these, these little kids come up to his mama, two on each side, and they come up there to to nurse and they punch that mama until that mama's feet come up off the floor, off the ground, and you know you know punch and punch and punch. What was it? It was a response to make that mother let down the milk. You want God to let it down for you? Hey, Amen. You start punching. You start praying. You start calling on God. You start saying, Lord, I need you. I've got to have you. It'll cause this parental instinct to come out and El Sadia. The blessed God will go to give a free. How long does a baby cry till he gets satisfied? Amen. Some of you young people say, How long will I have to cry till you get satisfied? Yeah. Oh, Brother Jim, well, I got a feeling. Hey, are you satisfied? Well, no, we'll get another one. Get another one. Get another one. I tell you, I'll be honest with you. I got so many of them, I could never ever point to say which one was it. I just knew it happened. Because every one of them was great. Every one of them was a change. Every one of them was a filling, And I say, just keep punching at it. Come on, you say, well, I've had the Holy Ghost for 10 years, punch again. I mean, give me another refilling. Move on my heart, Lord. Don't leave me where I am. I gotta have more strength for this hour. hear preachers say, well, the young people will say, how do I know that I have the Holy Ghost? How do I know that I got it? Well, do you believe the message? Yeah. Do you believe the word is true? Yeah. Can you say amen to it? Yeah. Well, you got it. And they know they're not living overcoming lives. So they're wondering, well, how can I have the Holy Ghost? And I got sin in my life like this. I can't overcome I can't be victorious. I, you know, I'm not going to tell you because you can verbally say amen to every word of God. You know, listen, say an amen to the word. You say, well, that's evidence. That's evidence. Well, yes. You see, when your life says amen, you don't disagree with any of it. You believe it all. You see, Brother Branham's dealing with a whole group of people that are speaking in tongues and shouting and running the aisles and claiming the Holy Ghost and bobbing their hair and painting their face and wearing man's clothes. And and he's saying, you know, the evidence of the Holy Ghost isn't jumping and shouting and running, you know, when you can't even believe the word. A man with long hair don't have the Holy Ghost. He needs it. Amen. You say, Well, I, I, I've accepted Christ. Well, you need to get the Holy Ghost. Amen. A woman with short hair needs the Holy Ghost. Come on, that's what they need. Amen. A woman that'll be a that will be a cross dresser and dress like a man needs the Holy Ghost. A man who will cross dress and dress like a woman needs the Holy Ghost. A man or a woman that's in pornography, they need the Holy Ghost. That's what they need, a real baptism of the Holy Ghost. And then it'll cause your life to say amen to the word. Now you'll surrender to every word of God. Christians are real, genuine articles of God. They fight for their position. Amen. So we have to fight for it. You say, well, I'll get the Holy Ghost. I'll never fight again. No, that's when your battle begins. Jesus was filled with the spirit and immediately was led by the spirit to be tempted of the devil. You get the Holy Ghost, you're gonna face the temptations of the devil with overcoming power. How will you overcome? Thus saith the Lord. It is written, it is written, it is written and the Holy Ghost in you will bring your life subject. Now, it's that body changing rapture power that we need in this hour where Christ becomes so real in our bodies so he can change it. No, notice now, we want to just look at this because we want to come to a perfect faith. We're contending for the faith, the perfect faith. The crowning jewel of God's pride will be a people that believe him. And so he's appeared to us in this day in the same form that he was on the day of Pentecost in a pillar of fire, the same way he was in the Old Testament when he appeared to Moses in a burning bush. And he's appeared there with the same word, it's the same Christ because he is now here in the form of the Holy Ghost. Not the third person of God, the person of God coming in the form of his Holy Spirit, to come and dwell in his people. The word Christ means anointed one. In the book of Acts, it speaks of Jesus, of Nazareth, a man approved of God, anointed with the Holy Ghost. He went about, he done great works. God manifested and proved that he was in this man, Jesus. And now, since Pentecost, and the baptism of his Spirit it came, Because when Jesus went away, he said, I will send you another comforter. I cannot stay here as the man, I've gotta come back. And he said, I won't leave you comfortless, but I will come to you. And he comes now in the form of the Holy Spirit. And by his infilling, we become anointed with that same Spirit, anointed Messiahs of the last days that we would shine forth the resurrection of Jesus Christ and we show that he's not dead, but he's here in the form of the Holy Ghost. He's in his people and he's moving among his people with a love affair and he's pouring out into her himself and to becoming one for the wedding supper and the same signs and promises by the same God in the same word is making his same manifestations and there's nothing left for us to do but believe it. Hallelujah. You don't have to go to Calvary for it and die on a cross. Amen, all you gotta do is believe it and receive it for yourself. And as God promised Sarah restoration necessary to bring forth Isaac, so has God sent his spirit. And he's now using dust, human flesh to bring us a message to speak his word through. Now, God has done this in this last day as he did in Genesis. And now he's revealing the very mysteries of God as he says to Abraham, shall I hide from Abraham the thing that I do? And he begins to give him what he will do down at Sodom, what he will do for Abraham's seed What he will do as far as giving the inheritance, he gives it all to Abraham as he stands there. God using flesh to appear to Abraham and Sarah. And now bringing them a message of the end time that will prophesy and speak of what God will do in the end time. That God again will use human flesh. And God will bring a message to us. Now, this flesh would not be deity, it would be a man. It would be a prophet, and God would use a prophet to bring a message, and that message would be one of restoration. And, and there it would reveal to us the mystery, and that's why we speak of Brother Baman's ministry. The third phase of the prophet's ministry is the opening of the word. Have you received it? I have. And the anointed ones at the end time, he said, not when he starts on the message, but when he begins to declare his message. When the first pull, healing, second pull, prophesy, and third pull, the opening of the word, the mysteries revealed. No more, there's no more higher order to reveal the word than prophets. But the only way a prophet can be vindicated is by the word. And remember, the third pull was the opening of them seven seals to reveal the hidden truths that's been sealed in the word. So he tells us in perfect faith, this is coming to that third pull. This is just now starting to bloom. It's just started to bloom. Listen, listen, it was still, the third pull was still in its infancy. It was just now starting to bloom. He said, I just did this for a purpose. Uh, I, I did this for a purpose. I'm working out something. It's taking this charge of faith and going right there and bring it out and how to come in to kind of raise faith in a bracket where you never noticed it before. Not a faith, but the perfect faith built up in here. And what's a perfect God with a perfect heart We keep a perfect promise by a perfect word which is sharper than a two-edged sword and discerner of the thoughts of the heart. And we're now coming to perfection because the people have to come to this in order for the rapture. And that's what's holding it away right now is waiting for the church to come into that perfect raptured faith. I'm looking for it. And it means a lot of shaking down for me. It means a lot for you. But together, we'll make it by the grace of God. Now, I want to get something to you. He said then, in his ministry, it was only just starting To bloom. Wow. To bring forth fruit, it's got to bloom. Amen. But you don't go pick the blossoms. It goes from blossom to seed. Amen. And he said, I'm looking for a perfect raptured faith. Now, so he said, Why I've done this? Why I've had this prayer line. Why I've discerned the thoughts and intents of heart. Why I have done this is to raise faith up to a bracket that you've never noticed that way before. Not a faith, but a perfect faith. Now, I want you to think right now. Right now, what has God been doing, even in our prayer lines? Amen. Even in the ministry of the word, what's it been doing? Discerning the hearts. Is that right? Amen. Dealing with situations. To raise faith up into a bracket. Not for you to stay there, but for you to receive a perfect rapture faith. You see, where we're at is not the goal. To have a miracle now and then or healing now and then, that's not the goal. Even even to have some devil cast out now and then, that's not the goal. But what our goal is is to come into that perfect raptured faith. But this is given faith for that. It's causing faith to rise. You look back, even in our own church, why even the rise of faith, you're talked about around the world. You're talked about as a church of faith where miracles happen. People bring their demons here to get them cast out. People even bring them to our youth camp to get them cast out. And it works. It happens, Amen. Why? Because it raises faith. They see God heals. God delivers, Amen. God uh, God sets free. You know, God God heals cancer. God heals brain bleeds. God uh, God heals crippled children. God heals blinded eyes. I'm, I'm not talking about out yonder. I'm talking about right here. God heals kidneys. Yeah. Takes a boy that would have been a, a little little rut, not not able to grow at all, and make a strong, healthy boy out of it by recreation. Yeah. Created in him a new a new kidney. I'm talking about God working. But it's only being done to what? To raise your faith up to a bracket. Not for you to stop there, but for you to contend for that perfect faith, for that rapture in faith. Don't be satisfied with what God has done. Look at what God is doing, but at the same time, let's go on further. Listen, Brother Bradham said in the message indictment, May there come forth a revival of the just. How many is righteous? Should be able to say you are by the blood. May there come forth a revival of the righteous and a great power come among the church just before it's going. How many believes we're there? Just before it's going. It's not hard to pray for that, he says, because you promised it and we're looking, Lord, for that third pull that we know that will do great things in our midst. Yes. So notice what he said. May there come a revival of the just among the righteous. He said, Brother Tim, the world ain't gonna see a revival. No, they won't, but you will. You have not received yet everything God has for you. Contend. And he said, it's not hard to pray to God for that because he promised it. And we're looking for that third pull that'll do great things. So you say, but Brother Tim, third pull is open in the word. It's theology. It's, a, it's word, 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 word. No, it'll do great things. I want you to get it. Just because you've received the truth of the doctrine and the message doesn't mean you have got it all yet, that's the mechanics. When the apostles first obeyed his first commission, remember this, remember I've been preaching on fulfilling the great commission. Denominations can't do that because they can't take all the word. So because they will not receive all the faith, they'll stay right there with their little bit of faith. The Baptist camp right there with their faith of immersion. Pentecostals with their faith of gifts. The Nazarenes with, well, they're losing their holiness, but nevertheless, they're claiming it. And they're contending for that. They fortified. They stopped there. They've camped around that. They've claimed that part. But they hadn't gone all. What's now? His last commission is to preach the gospel to all the world and then shall the end come. And so there there again, uh, his first commission was in Luke 10, 18, where Satan fell like a bolt of lightning. What caused the fall of Satan? Where it was when he gave them power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means could harm them. Is that right? Amen, and when they took and they began to act upon that commission, Satan fell like lightning. His last commission does the same by casting out Satan as we lay hands on the sick. Some will say we don't need laying on the hands. We got the word now. You just believe it sitting in your seat. Well, pardon me, but Brother Bradham over and over and over practiced laying on of hands, having the congregation to lay hands on each other as he prayed. He did this all the way to the end of his ministry. Amen. You see, you see his. First commission was to heal the sick. And the the second commission was, the last commission was to heal the sick. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. But you see, Satan wants to bind the hands of the church with a false theology to try to make it wrong to lay hands on the sick. Because when Satan is cast out, he falls like lightning from heaven. So when we pray for the sick and they're healed, it brings Satan's fall. Come on, church. I hope he gets more than a bobo. Amen, I'd like to see his nose broke, his head broke. Amen, he could could land on his tail for all I care and get his tail broke. But he must be broke. I'm telling you, the devil that is tormenting you must be broken. Listen to what I'm saying now. Brother Bradham told us in 1963 in June, he said, he said I want you to believe. Now for healing, we know the Holy Spirit's here and I believe in laying on our hands. Oh, somebody jumped on me kind of rough about that this morning and said, there's no such a thing as laying hands on one another. It shouldn't be done. <laughs> Can you imagine some preachers in the message now under this same evil spirit? We're not not getting against men. We're about spirits. Evil spirit that anointed men like Alexander Campbell with his so-called Church of Christ teachings. I don't call them Church of Christ. I call them Antichrist. But anyway, his so-called Church of Christ teaching resisting the Holy Ghost. And now that same devil jumping on us for prayer lines where we lay hands on the sick and the devil oppressed. I, I'm just gonna say it. This you can't stop it. We gonna even have it at youth camp. We have it almost every service here. Come on, church. You ain't gonna stop it. We're contending for it. We're fighting for it amen listen here he said he said they said there's no such thing as laying hands on another it shouldn't be done i said you just haven't read the bible brother and that's what i want to say to some of these guys you haven't met or even read the message let alone the bible that's all. The last the last commission that fell from the lips of Jesus was lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The last words he said when he left the earth, his first commission he gave the disciples was heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils. That's the first group he sent out, Matthew 10. And the last group he sent out, these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall cast out devils, speak with new tongues, take up serpents, drink deadly things. If they lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. That was the last words he said and he said, was received up in the glory. Certainly, that was a great commission. What it does, I don't know. It's just carrying out what he said do. Amen. I don't know how it works either. There's no power in my hands. No power in any preacher's hands. I don't know how it works, but I just know it works. Amen. I just know because he said do it, we do it. And that's still the commission. Now, how can anyone, now I'm contending, I'm arguing, how can anyone be against altar calls and praying for the sick? You think that's against church order. You obviously hadn't listened to church order. which, by the way, is not a law, but it's a guideline of how to conduct an orderly church service. So Brother Branham gives some points and guides on how to, you know, how, you know, how to conduct a, an orderly church service. And, then, and so he taught us to conduct a church service, you know, have your songs, have the preaching. And then he said, give an altar call. I'm talking about 1963 church order give an altar call by giving an invitation to accept Christ and, and after that offer prayer for the sick he says in church order you know there as he, you make the altar call nobody comes and You know, in a few minutes you say well if nobody comes and say well would there be somebody that would like to be anointed with oil tonight for sickness we pray for the sick here Amen. woohoo Amen. I mean, this is church order. This is how Brother Brandon taught us to conduct a church service and make an altar call And he said, bring them up, you know, pray with them. Those except Christ, you know, those that need to linger. He said, you can even take them into a room and pray with them some more and then make the invitation and say, would there be someone here that would like to be anointed with oil tonight for sickness? We pray for the sick here. But Satan, with all this ecclesiastical pressure, It's trying to stop us from fulfilling the Great Commission. To preach, preaching's under attack. Don't preach, just push play. And Jesus said preach, Paul said preach. Brother Brandon said preach. Is that right? Amen, but you see ecclesiastical pressure to try to keep us from fulfilling the Great Commission. To preach to cast out devils, to heal the sick, to speak with new tongues. Amen, it's Satan with ecclesiastical, religious through the clergy pressure. Look at the revelation of the trumpets. You know, Israel received opposition and persecution from governments of the world in a physical manner which resulted in them being uprooted from the lands that they lived in in Germany, Holland, all through Europe, Poland, wherever, and, and being forced back to a physical homeland in the land of Israel. The Jews in Israel today are there because of a squeeze. Amen, a war broke out. And exterminated six million of them. And they said, we got to have a homeland for the Jews. And it forced them out of their lands and their homes and ancestral lands. They'd been in there for, some of them for 1,500, 2,000, nearly 2,000 years. In Germany and Europe and different places. And they were forced out to go back to their homeland. Is somebody with me? But now, it doesn't come against the bride in a physical manner. He told us it comes against the bride in an ecclesiastical manner. In other words, a religious spirit trying to use quotes to put a squeeze or pressure on the bride. You know what it will do? It'll just force you out of those dead places (laughs) Amen, and get you to a place where there's life. Let me go to homeland where the Bible is preached, where divine healing happens, where miracles take place, where the Holy Ghost can be given. So it comes against the bride in an ecclesiastical manner, a religious spirit trying to use quotes or scriptures putting a squeeze or pressure on the bride. And it will only serve to force the bride from man's traditions back to the homeland of the Bible. And what it is, it may seem harsh, and it seemed harsh, Brother Branham said, to uproot all them Jews, but he said it was a tender hand of Jehovah leading them to the tree of life. You see, they had to get there in order to receive the Messiah, amen. And he said the same thing that is happening here. He said, ecclesiastical pressure is pushing there against the bride, pushing her out of the systems of man, back to the homeland of the Bible. And he said, many are uprooted and have to leave family and friends and this and that and the other. But he said, what is it? It is the tender hand of Jehovah leading you to the tree of life, bringing you back to the homeland where the word of God is preaching power. Like Brother Branham said in the third exodus, the people were in Egypt in the days of Joseph, remember they were there in our days of Moses. They'd been there for 400 years. Why was he in Egypt? There was a reason they got in bondage. How come they became slaves? The people of God became slaves. Why would they be in that land and out of their land? God had promised Abraham, I'll give you this land. This is it. Why wouldn't be the people be in the place that God provided? And he says, that's the question of today also. God gave us a Pentecost. He gave us a book of Acts. He gave us the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us. He gave us a land. And why are we out of it? Why is the church out of it? Why isn't the great Christian church today living again like the book of Acts, bringing forth the same thing? There's some reason for it. And you know what the reason was? It was because of the dirty jealousy toward a brother. Why did they hate him? Because he was a brother? No, not exactly. They hated him because God dealt with him more than he did the rest of them. And they didn't want his gifts. They didn't want his dreams. They rejected his supernatural of our intellectual Conception, And that's why today so many are out of the land of milk and honey Where miracles flow freely and the sick are healed And tormented spirits can't stay And Brother Bradham goes on to say They thought they would never need him They thought they would never need this supernatural This Holy Spirit He types Joseph to the Holy Spirit we don't need speakers with tongues. We don't need interpreters of tongues. They've adopted a man-made system to take the place of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, there is a people that's elected, that has their names on the Lamb's book of life. They can't go for that. They are spiritual minded, and therefore, they can't go for that. They can't stand it. Hallelujah. I believe that's the bride of Christ today. Amen, that are elected, their names are in the Lamb's book of life. They can't stand that. Amen, so they have to get out of there, get to homeland somewhere. Get back to the Bible, get back to the message. Amen, where the faith is contended for. For the bride of Christ, it is an ecclesiastical spirit that is uniting against the work of God opposing the Holy Spirit, opposing altar calls, denying the experience of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, replacing it with a cold intellectual form of belief. Ah, I hear it all the time. Oh, Brother Tim, Brother Tim, one of the restored mysteries, one of the restored mysteries is the baptism of the Holy Ghost without sensations, without emotions or without feelings. That's a lie. And it isn't message doctrine. It's actually Baptist doctrine. It's a part of a quote, like said, the one Satan used to try and trip up Jesus upon the Mount of Temptation. And when Satan uses a quote, you better watch out. It's not the word, it's a twisted with an implied meaning, something different from the Bible. And Brother Bradham said, I'm not much for dead things. By the way, this is after the seals. So I'm not much for dead things. So anything without emotion is dead. The scientific research will prove that anything without emotion. So if your experience hasn't got a little emotion in it, you better bury it and get something that has got some emotion in it. Amen. The restored mystery lays in the second part of the quote which declares the person of Christ performing in you the same works that he did. And what were the works that Jesus said that we would do? Speaking with tongues, heal the sick, cast out devils. Amen. But you see, when you deny laying on the hands and deny speaking with tongues and deny the power of the Spirit and deny the power of the Spirit, of, 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 Casting out devils, then that's where you see uh, that ecclesiastical spirit begin to put a pressure on the bride. Now, John 14 12 said, The works that I do, shall you do also. And you hear it all the time from these false prophets. Just receive the message and believe it. You got the Holy Ghost. That's the evidence. Oh, sure, you will say amen. You will agree with all the words. But if the signs don't follow, it's just an intellectual conception. And because what they're preaching has no power, then they have to replace the power with psychology to treat the symptoms of sin rather than the old-fashioned sin-killing, devil-destroying, Holy Ghost power to cast Satan out. Is ecclesiastical pressure against the bride of christ and it comes from preachers that are comfortable with the anointing on the ministry but don't want it on the laity because they can't control it remember that now though it's not time for the actual forcing of the mark now, I'm going to lay some things here just in the next few minutes. Though it's not time for the mark of the beast, the actual marking, it happens after the bride is gone. But there is a spirit of unity, of ecumenism, to unify, trying to unify the bride message people with the teachings of denomination. This is what's happened when psychology is brought in. It's unifying, bringing in their methods to try to conform and reform rather than the power of transformation. So I want you to understand, you know, when the bride is gone, there will be the actual forcing of the mark of the beast. But right now, there is a spirit of unity, an ecumenism that is affecting the minds of the people. Remember, the Bible tells you that they will all give their mind to the beast. And it's a cord of of so-called tolerance that is binding the people together and acceptance of evil and forcing you to call it good. And it's a move to make unbelief acceptable and to bind together against the Holy Ghost, against the gifts of the Spirit, against God's power to seal for an easy believism of just believe the message and you're, you're sealed. Now, Brother Branham called it a boycott. A, it's what we call today a council. Culture. So you cancel anyone or anything that dares oppose you. Remember, it's not physical yet, it's spiritual. Like Brother Brandon said about in Satan's Eden, about men and women wearing shorts, he said they belong to a society. Whether they know it or not, they're perverted and don't know it. They're spiritually belong to it and don't know it. That's what he said. And you can spiritually belong to something and don't even realize you belong to it. It's a binding. Remember, there is a binding going on. God's going to take a weed into the gardener, but the tares will be burned or bound together. Amen. And and now I want you to notice it's a uniting and people spiritually belong to it and don't realize it. Now, I'm trying to show you, we're trying to uncover so that you can see what you're contending for. Because Satan wants you to convince it's a move of God. It is not a move of God. It is never a move of God when we have to have our men have classes week after week after week to teach them against sexual uh, habits. That is not a move of God. That is a move of ecumenism. To make you like the rest of them, because that's the power of denomination. The power of the gospel changes the nature. Amen. We don't need, we don't need weeks and weeks and weeks of that. We need a getting in the presence of God and getting delivered from the power of sin and the changing of a nature. But Satan comes along. And he wants to bind together because this is what he's doing in this age. He's binding the tares all together. And he uses, we're all the same. You know, message churches become the same as denominations. There's no healing there either. There's no miracles there either. There's no experience in the Holy Ghost there either. What have they done? They've been brought into accord, and they're being united with this instead of this—the Word. Amen. Follow my thoughts now. Listen, to Brother Branham. Spoken words, original seed. I predict the two Pentecostal, uh, the two denominational groups—Pentecostal and Evangelical groups—will work together in a denomination. I predict they're going to work together. Watch. They will unite themselves together, become a member of them. All of them are the Federation of the Council of Churches or the Council of Churches. They already belong to it, all of them, and there will come through them a forcing or a boycott that will stop everything but what belongs to that union of churches. The Bible said there would be a boycott, even to such a way it would cause people to not be uh, to buy or sell unless it received the mark. This, the mark of the beast, which is Romanism, the image of the beast, which is Protestantism. The beast had power, authority to give image, the image life to speak, and it did. That's the confederation of churches when they confederate themselves together. Now, there's many young people here. I don't know. Jesus may come this afternoon. He may come next year. I don't know when he's coming. But remember, if I don't live to see that day of his coming, which I hope I will and somehow believe I will. Now, if I don't see it, don't let this word ever depart from your ears and your heart. Remember, I speak in the name of the Lord. I believe with all my heart that that's the way it'll wind up. There will be like a union, a boycott. And all places as this will be closed down and you'll not be able to speak unless you get a permission or license from this federation of churches to hold a service. It shows, it does that now, even in the denomination, it shows where it's at. Yes, sir, you have to have it. And that's where it'll wind up. That's my prediction as a servant of Christ through the understanding I have of the word and the inspiration. That's where it'll come from. All signs are pointing to the end hmm and yet you don't see yet much action amongst the council of church you don't see yet but remember it doesn't become physical until the bride leaves so now it's ecclesiastical And Ecclesiastical is using scriptures and quotes to try to force the Holy Spirit out. That's right. yeah. Now, Brother Bradham said in the spoken word's original seed, he said, I believe someday the real, real bride of Christ will be forced to stop preaching the word of God. Now, what in the world then do we have that's coming from Jeffersonville? Of forcing to try to stop the preaching of the word of God. What is it? What is it? What do you see? The Bible prophesies of it. He said in Romans, Revelation thirteen sixteen. 16, you want to put it down. Denominations will force it to stop or take its mark. But then when the lamb will take his pride and judge the whore for it. So we're right here in the time where they don't want you to preach no more. Do you realize the last gift We've already done away with speaking in tongues and prophecy and, and we've already done away with discernment of spirits and miracles and gifts of healing. It's already been done away with in the church. And now the last gift, which is inspired preaching. Here Satan comes for the last gift and what's he want to do? Squeeze the life out of the preachers. That they dare not stand in the pulpit and preach. Preach. When Jesus told us to preach, when the last commission is to preach, come on, and somebody's got to fulfill it. Say, brother Tim, what are you doing? I'm contending for the faith. I'm contending for what Paul said: preach the word, be instant in season out of season. You know, rebuke with all long suffering and doctrine. But he said, in that time, the Lord God, the lamb will take his bride and judge the whore. Now, right now, you don't see it happening by the government, but the mechanics. Wake up just a moment. Look at your neighbor and just say this word, mechanics. Mechanics. Really, damn, what in the world are you talking about? The mechanics for it to happen is in place. What you see is a spirit rising up. An ecclesiastical spirit that tries to force us to stop preaching. Denying us, denying the commandment and commission of Jesus to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And why is it, it's Satan's attempt to stop Mark 16. Keep in mind, the mark of the beast and the force of the mark is not yet physical and it won't be enforced until the bride leaves. But however, there's a spirit already at work and it's bringing a union or a boycott or a council culture of the truth. Now, what's a spirit also at work in the churches to to enforce a council culture, a boycott? I mean, it's even working in our nation. If you're a baker and you don't want to bake a cake for a gay wedding, you'll be canceled. Your, your business will be ruined. Amen, it's, an, it's an, a uniting against the word. Amen, My, Michael and Beth had a little uh, canvas business of, of, um, of putting photos on the canvas and they had to stop it. You know why? Because they begin to get requests to do gay weddings. And if you don't do it, you're sued. And you're canceled. Now, you know, so you see, it, what is it? It is a spirit in our nation uniting against the word and making the word of God seem to be evil and wrong and evil righteous. And it brings a cancel culture against. Now, I'm, I'm taking right now, look at what's happening. You, you think, well, oh, Brother Tim, you know, they, uh, it's just something going on. They're tearing down our statues and you know, monuments and this and that and our history. What is happening there? You know, there is, a, there is a work in our nation to destroy patriotism. They don't want you patriotic for America. Burn your flags. America's evil, America's have an evil past. You know, we are not to be patriots. You know why? Because they're canceling our patriotism for a one world government. And everybody is starting to give their minds to this. You know, if you don't go along with it, you're canceled. You know, this church shooting that just happened the other day. This sicko transgender, um, I don't know whether it was a guy pretending to be a girl or a girl pretending to be a boy. I never figured it out. It was a girl pretending to be a boy. And now they're calling it a martyr. A martyr. After killing three t- teachers, and a, or two teachers, and a custodian, and three children. It's insanity. Now, that's a martyr. You know, you know, because that individual had been hurt and nobody would accept it. If you don't go along with it, you're canceled. So if you preach divine healing, you'll be canceled. If you preach or believe in the Holy Ghost and that it must be an experience and not just an acquired knowledge of the message, you will be canceled. If you preach its gifts, its miracles, you will be canceled, even crucified. So Brother Branham told us there that that they are coming together. Now watch. He said, you will not be even allowed to preach or allowed to have prayer for the sick. And we're seeing the same thing begin to happen against the bride of Christ. Don't preach. Don't pray for the sick. And that crucifies the vindicated word of promise. It stops it. You're not allowed to have it no more. No more healing services. No more prayer for the sick. No, sir, you can't do it. And that's what Brother Branham told us. He said it was rising up right there. And you see the same Spirit that is anointing those of the world begin to anoint those who claim to be in the truth. Now, I'm trying to bring something. Brother Branham said they've already got... The machine is being set up and ready to move. The mechanics is already there. They've already got the mechanical system of an organization that's going to bring upon the earth a peace, they say, like a UN. And he said, then he goes on and he said that, you know, he goes on and he talks about how the big machine is set up and now we are seeing it over and over and over and over again. Do you see the protests that were just made here the other day where people were actually protesting and, and standing for pro-life, and here they get assaulted by an evil group. You know what, and, and there's no defense for them, but they would defend the other side, that's a hate crime. But to stand up for, for righteousness, no, the police just stand by and let it happen. You see, not right now it is a spirit. But, but it's going to be, it, it will one day get its dynamics when the bride is raptured. And right now, you can already see the mechanics is there. Now then, you're seeing the dynamics begin to move. Is somebody with me now? Amen, you can see it beginning to move. Laws are being changed. Prosecutors being put into place that are bought with money already that that will not even prosecute criminals. All these things that are going on in our nation. I was listening to a report yesterday. In 10 years, there has been a 4,000% increase of transgenders and a mutilation of America's children where that boys are mutilated there and neutered and, 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 and their organs removed and girls are, are sterilized and their breasts removed at 13 years old without parental, uh, without parental consent. And this kind of thing is happening in our nation. You know why? Because right now we see the dynamics is starting to move in the mechanics. And they're all one mind. Oh, you know, tolerance. You know, nobody should stand up against it or, or whatever else. And Brother Branham tells us, he said, you'll find out there'll be affiliation. The Pentecostals, the groups will come together and they'll shut the doors on them guys that won't listen to it and you won't even be allowed to open your mouth, right? But that's when he'll come. That's when he'll show. That's when you'll see a rain. Hallelujah. And he said, somebody's got to stand up for this. He said, like Patrick Henry said, give me liberty or give me death. Somebody has to stand up for it. And he said, if the Holy Ghost is the same Holy Ghost that fell at Pentecost, it still does the same things it did then. The same power, the same spirit, it'll work the same way. We don't need a council of churches. We need the Bible back in action. You can see what's happened in Gomorrah, our our sister country, Canada. We're Sodom, they're Gomorrah. Our next door neighbor, raising with the pressure against religion, a young man the other day arrested for saying what the Bible says at a Christian school, at a Catholic school. Some of his classmates, young girls, came up to him and said, "Listen, listen, no, we we are we we're we afraid because m- men are using our bathrooms, and we're we're afraid. They're calling us females." By the way, they sent one of these so-called females to a female prison and wound up with about 10 or 12 pregnancies. So, you know, here, here again, this young man in school, he just stood up and said what the Bible said. So the Bible said, you know, against that, that men and women are different. And, and he stood up for his female classmates who were complaining that biological males were using their bathroom. And he's been thrown out of the high school and arrested. And you look what's happening in the schools of America transgender c- curriculum forced on our kids, drag queen shows forced on our kids, and corrupt judges striking it down when laws are passed to stop them. Brother Branham, look for a squeeze. I'm going to tell you, you're in it. Yet, we know it was revealed in the trumpets. We won't go through the persecution the early church did. And don't get confused with what happens to the foolish virgins who are hunted down by the dragon. But let me tell you, they are setting up and bringing the order, setting the stage for the mark of the beast. And she is rising in power as we head toward it. A one world government with Satan at its head. Look, it's what's happening just in the last few years since COVID. Seemed like every calamity, they use it. Whether it was 911, they use it to take away freedoms. Then it comes along to COVID and they learn another way how far they can push the American people and the rights they can take away from them. You know that. amen? Were they threw people in jail because they dared to have church. Luckily, we had, a, we had a, a man who was a president that said freedom of religion is in our country and nobody's being shut down to go to church. And so, you know, but, but look at our money. Our money, your money is vanishing in the thin air. Our freedoms are vanishing. They're finding ways to circumvent the Constitution. Here's our Constitution. And they're finding ways to circumvent it. Amen. You want to hear, you know, you talk about freedom of, of speech. It's leaving. They've already censored it. You know, you don't have freedom of of speech. Just try to get on Facebook and tell the truth. The media companies will will absolutely censor you and cancel you. Some of you were canceled during COVID just just for saying, I don't have to wear a mask. That's the truth. Amen. Freedom of religion is going. The right to bear arms is leaving. Amen. Our elections is rigged. Our borders are not secure. We're being invaded. Six million or so in a year. You know, our, our borders, as I said, are not secure. There's illegal drugs like fentanyl flooding our country and killing 100,000 per year. America no longer has a righteous majority. You are a minority, and you are, you are about to go extinct. In fact, the matter is, you will one day, there will not be any bride left on the earth. She's going in a rapture. Amen. You are now a minority. You are no longer a righteous majority. America doesn't have it. The, the lots are down there. With their righteous soul is vexed, but they are a minority too. All the wild sodomites are beating down every door wanting more than their rights. As I said, a 4,000% increase, increase of transgenders mutilating our kids. America's shown in Revelation 13, rising like a lamb, but later speaks as a dragon. Amen, we're hearing Satan speak everywhere. Come on, church. Amen, all the rights of the Lamb with all our freedoms are being stripped from us. And we're hearing more and more the voice of the dragon and insanity insanity increases as the mind of Satan comes in. Don't Revelation 12 tell you he will be cast down by people who are ascending? Amen, Brother Branham tells us, can can I preach just a little longer? Amen. Brother Branham tells us he said, but when the when the squeeze comes down, he said, What's the third pull then? What you see manifested temporarily will be manifested in the fullness of its power. What lays in the word? People want to talk about the opening of the word. Well, you know, the the, the Bible has been opened. What lays in the word? The power of creation. The power of salvation, this is in the third pull the power of creation the power of salvation, the power of resurrection, the power of controlling atmosphere, the power of healing, that's what lays in the word Brother Branham said right now just as this time has happened so you can identify its presence among you, but it won't be used in a great way till this council begins to tighten up do you feel it tightening? But when that time comes, when the squeeze comes down, then you'll see what you've seen temporarily be manifested in the fullness of its power. The move is on for the bride. And for the bride leaves, it must manifest faith in its full dynamics. And Brother Benham tells us, and I'm closing on this, As I bring it right down to this, this morning, Satan is there with the mechanics. And he said, he's only waiting for the dynamics. And I'm telling you, what we see here in the evil that is going on is only temporary compared to what will be expressed in the tribulation if you are left behind you will be hunted down and you will be exterminated and killed amen you will do you hear what the bible said You will in revelation 11 it says you will amen said that that the beast there that that there would would open, the dragon would would come and open its mouth against Israel, a war like a flood. And then he said an earthquake would take place. You know what that is? That's Armageddon. That's when God comes and Christ sets his foot upon the Mount of Olives. And it cleaves in two. And there's a great battle. Are you with me? It's a battle of Armageddon that takes place. But he said when he can't get Through Israel, he turns in and puts his venom against the remnant of the woman's seed. There is coming a great persecution. There is coming a great tribulation. You do not want to be left behind here. Can you see the dynamics begin to work in Satan's mechanics? That ought to tell you something. Let me drive this home right now. Let me tell you right now, if you see the dynamics begin to work in Satan's mechanics, then you ought to be able to recognize the dynamics is beginning to work in God's mechanics. And the dynamics of this church will be a revealing of the Holy Ghost in a small measure while the headstone was coming down to the body but then the full power of the Holy Ghost will raise even the dead in Christ that's been dead for the seven ages hallelujah hallelujah the dynamics the Holy Ghost is coming the Holy Ghost is here the Holy Ghost is pouring out and what you have seen temporary is only going to be manifested in the fullness of its power Satan can't cancel us, Satan can't stop us. We have been told, contend, earnestly contend for the faith once delivered to the saints. God has remembered his promise. He's pouring out his spirit. Ask him to pour it out on you. Say, Lord, I need another refreshing of the Holy Ghost. Amen, I need a raptured faith. I need my faith elevated to a higher position. You're letting things happen among us. We see the sick healed. We see devils cast out. We see the captives are free. But Lord, pour into me your spirit. He said, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I'll pour it out. Look at this unfailing words of promise. God coming back along the other night, telling you I remember. Remember I stood in Israel at Hannah's where Hannah prayed at Shiloh. There I prayed. I had a daughter. She had two children. Four miscarriages. Couldn't ever have another child. Time after time after time, couldn't have it. I prayed for the barren woman. I called Bethany's name. We had Candace and Andrew and wanted a little baby. Where are you, Candace? Where? Yeah? Is she in the nursery? I prayed for a little baby. God gave them a baby. I prayed for Esther. Called her name there. We brought them back little tokens. I looked over the Sea of Galilee as the morning rose, the sun began to shine upon the waters. And I looked out. These are the same mountains Jesus walked upon, looked upon the same sea he walked on. My scripture went to at the rising of the sun going down of of the same, his name is to be praised. And I began to read out, just began to rejoice. There, I read down a little bit further and said, it makes the barren woman to rejoice. I said, Lord, you make the barren woman to rejoice. Lord, you're going to make us rejoice. We went from there to Shiloh. Stood there in Shiloh. It was such a moving moment. We prayed. I prayed for a baron. For the baron in our church. And then I prayed for barren souls. Barren souls to give forth life. What year was that, Timothy? 2018, May. I wonder if there's any hands here that said I was a barren soul, and God filled me there. There's one back there. There's another 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 there. There's another, there. There's another Liz back there. There you are. There you are. I was a barren soul. I prayed for you there at Silo. May the barren soul bring forth life. And then I prayed for a church. I said, God, and there's a barren woman called the church. She's been looking for the coming of the Lord, the promised son for 2,000 years. But you promised, Lord, and I'm standing right here in Silo. Where you made a promise to Hannah, and I believe in that same promise. Are you with me? Amen. Yeah. I Candace, come up here with that baby. And Michael, come bring that one. Amen. I want you to see these. Already, prayers have been answered. Amen. Stand up here on this platform. Let the world see. Barren woman gives birth.
1: Here, a barren mother his birth hallelujah
0: what am I doing I'm reaching for the promise I've got these by the hand I'm reaching for another I'm not giving up amen I'm looking at you barren souls raise your hand again real high Amen. I pray for you. But let me tell you again. I'm not giving up on your loved ones. I'm not giving up on our young people. I'm not giving up on any barren heart. I don't care how bitter, how barren, how evil it's been, how many miscarriages you've had. It doesn't matter to me. There's nothing too hard for my God. I believe God will set the vilest sinner free. Let me march these trophies across the platform. Let me just march the across. There's more coming.
1: There's more coming. Hallelujah. Sarah, I'm talking to you, church. Sarah, you're going to bring forth that promise, son. Sarah, Jesus is coming back to you. Sarah, it's really true. You're under expectation now. The Holy Spirit is over you now. You're getting the double portion of it now.
0: The diamonds of this church will be a refilling of the Holy Ghost that we will have worked in a small measure. The promised son will come. The church, the barren church will rejoice. Somebody with me. Don't get nervous about this. This is my niece by marriage. (laughs) Think of this. We're on the cusp of it. Sarah, you're changing. I said you're changing. The change is from the inside out. Sarah word has impregnated you you're bringing forth life the little kicks that we feel of divine healing salvation and miracles is only signs of the coming son and guess what Sarah the enemy has laughed at you all of these years but you're getting the last slide.
1: <laughs> hallelujah! You've been called a fanatic and a holy roller, but oh, Hallelujah! You got reason to dance. You got reason to shout. You got reason, Hallelujah! You got reason because yeah. Come, but his wife has made herself ready. Blessed be his name. Thank you, Lord.
0: Praise God. Let's worship him with all our hearts right now. Come on, raise your hands. You know how to worship God. Come on. Go ahead and have your life. We have laughed over cancer. We have laughed over diseases. We have laughed over were children coming back home.
1: We have laughed.
0: We're going to have our last laugh. When we're changed in a moment, twinkling about. Satan, you may have laughed at me when when Karen had to cross over. You attacked her body. But I'm going to have the last laugh.
1: I'll have the last laugh. Hallelujah. I'm gonna laugh all over heaven. I'm gonna rejoice. Amen. We're gonna look at our new clothes. Oh, hallelujah! I, I'm not talking about a white garment,
0: I'm talking about a new body. I look on this and I see wrinkles, but I look at that one, there won't be a wrinkle on it. Looked at my hands, and my hands look new. Looked at my feet. <laughs> Let dance all
1: around me! Wow. <laughs>